Hello, everybody. This is uh, Rob Furman with the Council on the Future of Education. I'm here with one of our founders, Andrea Trudeau, who's been uh, doing a lot with the uh, No Shush Library. That's actually how I met her. That's how I decided to invite her uh, to be one of the founders on the council because on her Twitter feed, it says she's a No Shush Librarian. I thought that was pretty cool. How are you doing, Andrea? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Rob. Yeah, so um, this the topic for, for this podcast is talking about libraries and librarians, and uh, obviously our overall topic is always the future of education. So, um, you know, Andrea, take a minute and uh, do our, our listeners a favor here and sort of take us back in time um, to a very stereotypical library, uh, one that probably you had when you were growing up, one that I know that I had growing up. And let's just sort of paint a picture of, of, of what you see as like a 19th century, 20th century library. Okay, great. Sure. So um, to me, a 20th, 20th century library is going to be incredibly quiet. When you walk into the space, there is uh, very little sound. You might just hear kind of a whisper. Uh, there's also very little interaction. Um, you do have people maybe working at a desk and um, tending to books and shelving books and cataloging books. Students are working individually at tables or sort of in rows, separate from one another. Um, Basically, the surrounding is going to include just stacks of books. So, you know, that's about it. It's a pretty sterile, static environment and has little of what we would call the four C's today. So just, you know, very individualized and very little interaction. And... Uh... The, the stereotypical librarian certain, certainly has their fair share of, uh, <laughs> of thoughts out there as to what the, the librarian was. Uh, I think old, wearing the glasses, yep. <laughs> um, not wanting, not letting anybody, you know, sort of even move, let alone make a noise. Yep. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so there's definitely that uh, stereotype of, of what a librarian is. Um, and and that, that stereotype can probably go back generations. Um, and sadly, you know, when we think of that, I probably all of us, we probably chuckle a little bit like, yeah, that, that, that's that's the libraries were back then. And unfortunately, there's probably many libraries that are like that now. But one thing that I've noticed, and I know you've noticed as well, is that, you know, as much as we talk about the need to make major revolutionary changes in education, the educational system just isn't doing that. But that's not true for the librarian. That's not true for the library. I, I kind of get the feeling, and I've read a, f a few of your articles and other things as well, that the library is one of the few areas in education that's taking this change seriously, and are cre they're creating a 21st century library environment. They're doing what we want all of education to do, True. Absolutely. And I think um, it's funny you mentioned the negative stereotype. When I went back to library school, my family, who I'm very close with, they immediately urged me to reconsider my choice. They thought, you know, Andrea, you're going to be so bored and so unfulfilled just sitting around checking out books. So even today, I think there's still this negative stereotype that exists in the media um, and even in educational circles where people kind of wonder what we as librarians do all day. 
Um, and, and they think it's all about the books and the research. And I think you're right. There's this revolution that's happening. And I think maybe we as librarians need to be more vocal about it and kind of take back the narrative. And I was really inspired uh, last fall and, you know, in December because, and I sort of wrote about this in my recent blog post, there's articles coming out by Forbes, by uh, jobnetwork.com, basically saying that my role is going to be obsolete by the year 2030. And they said that basically we can be replaced by computers. Everything is going online. There's no need to have these librarians around. What use are, are they? And it's completely and utterly wrong. They have no sense of what we can do and what we're capable of. And I find it to be such an exciting time to be a librarian because we're completely reinventing our profession. Um, sure, the books are still there. We still have the research. And with everything going online, more than ever, it's important for us to help students and teachers navigate the waters of the internet, help them understand how to find reputable sources, avoid fake news, how to be um, good digital citizens. And along with that, I think it's breaking down that stereotype we talked about in, at the beginning of this podcast, you know, no longer should a library be static and quiet. Um, my library, when you come in, I call it the No Shush Library. It's there's a there's a, a, a hum and a buzz that's going on. There's an energy you'll feel when you come in. And it's a place that's incredibly welcoming. It's fun. I mean, kids will race in to be in my space. And I don't remember that being the case when I was growing up going to my public library or my school library. You know, I like to read, but I wasn't running in and excited. And kids now are really excited to come to the space because it's very active. It's very focused on um, collaboration and creativity and we really try to build a culture of yes and really support learners and that the learners here are also the teachers, support them where they're at and you know, become partners in the learning. And so people like to be here and I think because they like to be here, they're willing to try new things and they end up learning so much more as a result. So I, I love my job. I always say I have the best job in the school and I work in the best space and I'm excited to see where we're headed in this field. Two things I want to comment on what you just said. Um, uh, first of all, let, let me start by saying, uh, as many of you know, I do a lot of presenting uh, nationwide. And uh, on my first, well, my second book was Motivating the Reluctant Readers Through Technology. Uh, nothing excited me more than when I had the opportunity to present um, down in Virginia for the National Library Librarians Association. So I had a thousand librarians here with me and we were talking about reading and the importance of reading and technology. And they, they are the most amazing group of people. And, and I'll, I'll take a set of librarians any day because they have got it going on when it comes to the technology, to makerspace, yeah. to, to reinventing education. They're, they're just a very rare breed of people, and we need more of those types in education. Uh, when you were just talking, you mentioned a couple things that were interesting. Uh, information on the Internet, um, how, to, how to stream through all that stuff, finding the real news from the fake news, um, being able to um, talk about digital citizenry. Those are all what we've coined many little while ago called uh, 21st century skills. I'm sort of tired of that term. We call them digital age skills now. And everything that a librarian that I've spoken with over the years um, in terms of this transformation that's going on in the library, they are the key person in your building to bring up those 
digital age skills. They seem to be in a perfect place at a perfect time in a perfect space to be the, the, the person who's spearheading the, the children's learning on those digital age skills. And it's just really exciting to watch these libraries transform into these spaces that are just second to none and what we as the Council on Future Education desperately want our whole schools to look like and the librarians, they're doing it. Um, so, so, so tell me, Andrea, 2018, we're uh, almost 20 years into this, into this new uh, millennium, new century. Uh, where do you see uh, the, your, the, the stereotypical library heading and, and what do you see as uh, necessary transformational changes for maybe those librarians who don't feel that spark of being able to get out of that older stereotype. Yeah, so I think, you know, I moved into this role uh, about two and a half years ago, and I've worked in my school for 20 years now. So I worked in this library when the librarian before me, who was incredibly well-respected, amazing, but much more focused on the reading and the research. And that was really what was asked of her during that time. And I'll never forget when she kind of handed over the baton in the final days before retiring, she looked at me and she said, I was really great when I was here, but you're going to take this to the next level and you're going to be really great when you're here. She knew that we had this new age coming and she knew that um, I could take it where it needed to go. And so when I got into the space, I was working within a really traditional space. If you come in my space right now, I have clunky wooden tables that don't move very easily. I had a lot of freestanding bookshelves that were getting in the way. And so I think the first step is really just a change in mindset. Um, you don't have to go spending tons of money to have a future ready library. Um, it's really just a matter of embracing an active learning space. And, you know, sometimes you got to roll your sleeves up and push the heavy wooden tables to move them around and make it adaptable for the learners at the time. But I think kind of making the most of the space is great you know, using the budget that you have to try to incorporate more technology. So I was able to reach out to my PTO and build a makerspace. And so they were able to supply me with some really great technology. But I also got some really basic things like pipe cleaners and duct tape. And it's amazing what kids can build with just craft supplies that people have lying around at home and asking families to sort of donate. Um, I had to get creative. I didn't have a lot of money and I wanted green screen. So I put up little hooks and I bought green tablecloths and put some grommets in the green tablecloths and now we can hang them up in front of the bookshelves and voila, we have four green screen studios in my space. So I think it's just about changing your mindset, being willing to kind of get in and try it. And, you know, sometimes you're going to fail a little bit, just like the kids are failing when they're learning and that's okay. We learn from that. And, um, you know, trying to find opportunities to get different materials and things in here. But I think it's it really comes down to mindset. And I think it's also about marketing yourself. You know, when you first get in here, people kind of thought of this place as just a place for free reading and for research. So I had to really shake it up and make them realize I'm here to partner with them. So if they have a really cool idea, but they're afraid to give it a go, um, come and see me. I want to partner with you. I want to brainstorm. I want to find resources. I want to co-teach it with you or I will teach it for you and let's make this happen. Or if I find a really cool idea, I think about who would be someone that would be willing to go out on a limb and I, I reach out to them. And then again, we, I support them in any way that I can. So mindset to me has been most critical. And then the space will come as it, as it does. So I'm in year three. Obviously, every year I'm kind of chipping away and making changes. 
And what's remarkable now is that in my district, they're seeing the work that we're doing. And uh, we actually just had a board meeting last night and hopefully there will be a renovation of my space this summer that will allow us to really be so much more student-centered and, and flexible. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's really you. good. So um, what it sounds to me like, and I remember, you know, back in the days, I'm, I'm an old, old codger. I'm 45, um, graduated high school in 1990. So I was, an, I'm an 80s boy. Um, so, you know, the idea of the library to me was um, going in, we had to learn the, I think it was called the Dewey Decimal System and how to find yeah. a book. <laughs> and, um, and then you know, the rest of the time, like you said, was just finding books to read as well as doing research on projects and things like that. Um, I, 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 would, I guess I would call that the library's curriculum at the time. Um, sure. what, what do you consider your curriculum points uh, now in, in your current library? It's funny you mentioned that. So I really feel like I kind of have to support everything. I mean, I am constantly trying to keep my finger on the pulse of all the curriculum that's happening around the school. So for example, today I was working with a Spanish teacher and she's having the kids build uh, virtual reality worlds using CoSpaces, EDU. And um, it's a way for them to demonstrate their knowledge of a city that they've explored. So they've set up like a tour in a Spanish-speaking city, and they, they're creating an exhibit that displays what they would do in that day, and then they're recording um, kind of a little tour of it as like a docent in a museum. So I was working with her on that. So that's, you know, basically technology to me is a big aspect. Um, reading is still there. I actually spent today with eighth graders reading the final chapter of To Kill a Mockingbird and discussing different themes from that amazing classic novel. So still doing that. Um, I'm still doing a, a lot of research. Tomorrow I'll be working with seventh graders and they're doing um, how to change the world projects where they've picked a current issue and um, it, they'll be doing some research and then deciding how they can have an impact on that topic and make a change in this world. So technology, reading, research, crazy ideas. If you come to me and you want to try something new, I'll help you. I also feel like I'm someone that um, kind of works behind the, the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, if you have something and you want to bring in experts or you want to tap into someone that like someone we find on Twitter or across the globe, I'll do the legwork to kind of bring those people in. So it's it's sort of a human resource and, and work because I think teachers more than ever are so overburdened with um, grading, with testing, with, um, you know, we're standards based here. So they're doing a great deal with that. And so I want to do all I can to support them in the planning and the preparation so that when they do their lesson, it goes seamlessly and the learning is amazing. It sounds to me like the uh, librarians of today and hopefully librarians of the future are um, sort of the teacher's guardian angels, uh, fairy godmother and uh, wizard all sort of rolled into one, huh? Yes, I love that. That's totally, yes. yeah. And I mean, I was a teacher first, so I've told this, the, all the teachers, I don't want to lose sight of what I did. And I don't want to just stay in my library. Like a lot of times I will leave and I will go teach in a classroom. So I just want to be an integral part of the school. So what happens in my space impacts all the classes, but the work I do with teachers, you will see in classrooms around the school as well. So that's fantastic. And, and again, you know, it, from my opinion, from an outsider looking in and looking at my library here at my building, you know, it seems like from the Council of Future of Education standpoint, uh, the librarians and the library are making 
those changes that we preach about on a, on a macro level, and they're bringing it down right into their classroom, which happens to be the library. Uh, so teachers, if you're listening and you're not a librarian, you know, two things that, that I hear as a takeaway. One, uh, start emulating what these librarians are doing. They see the writing on the wall and they're saying, hey, we need to make a change um, so that we stay relevant and we, and we stay useful and helpful. And uh, the other thing that I hear uh, it being said is, you know, if you need help on any of these things from makerspace technology, digital citizenship, uh, research, and all that kind of stuff, the librarian sounds like the ace in the whole resource to go and get that additional help that we always need. Um, Andrea, any final words? No, I just want people to, well, yes, I guess I want people to realize we are the heart of the school. Um, it's a great place to showcase learning. You have people there ready and willing to help you. And we're lucky because we really get to know these kids over the course of time that they're with us in the schools. And so we're very knowledgeable about the students. And, you know, I know I personally work very hard to make this a warm, welcoming place. And so I just, you know, use your library, talk to your librarians, and we have a lot to offer. You know, I knew I know we just said that was going to be the final words, but you just brought up another excellent point that I think I don't want people to miss. Um, when we talk about uh, a teacher, we, they're usually it's usually a one year term uh, where the te- unless you're doing some sort of cyclical thing. Most schools, you have your third grade teacher for one year, then your fourth grade teacher for the next year, then your fifth grade teacher for a year. Um, yeah. But the librarian has those students for four or five years, depending upon what your building looks like. So again, what what better resource? But what better a resource than to have somebody who has known these children since they started in that school? Um, so just yet another uh, way that the librarians are really an integral part of. Uh, the history and historical aspect of these children. Um, you've only had these kids for a half a year. If we're in January, these librarians may have had these kids for three, four years already and know them on an academic level. So even though music and Jim also do that, and I was a former band director, so I could say that honestly, you know, we don't necessarily have the academic understanding of these kids, but that librarian would. Um, okay, so you know, with that being said, obviously I'm a huge fan of librarians and the libraries Thank and everything you. else. Always have <laughs> been, always will be, and I really do mean when I say they are the heartbeat of, of the building, um, and they are the they are the go to the go to person. Uh, so with that in mind, Andrea, thank you so much. Uh, a couple plugs here. Andrea and I are both on the Council on the Future of Education. My website is edufuture.us. Uh, Andrea is in charge of our of our blog there, so you can read more from her and the rest of the members uh, of the council. Uh, very shortly, we're going to be opening up uh, membership to the to the Council on the Future of Education for first generation by invite only. Um, so that's going to be an exciting thing that's going to be coming up here uh, for our council as well. Um, with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast here. You can just hit that little button below there. Uh, we are on iTunes and also on our website. Again, this is Rob Furman and Andrea Trudeau from the Council on the Future of Education. Thank you so much for listening.